Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. When Kevin gives the word, be prepared to call in to 865-243-TALK. That's 865-243-8255. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. I am Kevin Ray, your host, and I'm here with uh, Mark Griffith, our co-host. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, serving East Tennessee for the last 22 years. And as a matter of fact, we're in every area of Tennessee. We've got a pretty big footprint in this state, don't we, Mark? I think 15 locations, is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, I think we're going to be up to 16 once Kingsport kicks off, which is uh-huh. which is imminent. It's very soon. So, um, first of all, I just want to tell you how much we appreciate you coming into the Housing Hour. I want to give you some contact information. You can email your questions to kevin at kevinray.com. We're answering those throughout the show. We've got some left over from last week that I thought we'd like to close out on. And then also, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash housing hour and we also have a twitter feed that we've recently uh ignited and uh my call letters are it's kevin ray it's just at kevin ray that's so enough. yeah that's pretty simple um and just thank you for joining us we, we really appreciate it because i think last week we were able to really hammer home on some important aspects of housing and you know we had steve smith in and really really nice uh you know feature with him and he talked about you know what it was that you know we do and what the market is currently doing and i think it's important also to recap what i think his message was and that's what our message is and and really that is that we're here we have money you know mortgage investors group is um you know primed and ready for you to come in and get pre-qualified i think that you know one of the misconceptions that's out there is that you can't get approved for a loan. And that's not true. I mean, we can get people approved all day long. And we're doing it all day long. I think one of the things that uh, one of our specialties is the fact that we have professionals throughout our company. They know how to do it. They have the experience to do it. So we're putting out a product that uh, really is effective. And then, you know, obviously one thing that Steve said, which rings really true, is that, you know, when you come in, we are going to help you to realize if you do or don't qualify because in times past every person that walked through the door more than likely if they had a pulse or they could fog up a mirror we were going to get them approved and you know one of the big differences today is that we're going to look at your situation. We're going to determine whether or not you have what it takes to, to own a home. And it's not to be nasty or mean or anything like that. We're trying to protect you. So that's really ultimately what Steve's message was as well. Because, you know, we're going to go through underwriting, but we're going to make sure that you can repay that loan. But you know what? People are still getting approved. We're, we're busier that any January on our record books, this was better than any January, last month was better than any January on our books. Uh, Definitely. And certainly last year, I think we've already doubled what we did last year. And February is going to be maybe three times. Yeah, I would say at least. And and so that means for March. So is in, in traditionally March is when things heat up. So if you're out there and you're driving around Saturday afternoon, you're, you may or may not be looking for a home. I know the weather's not great, but you really want to consider when you want to pull the trigger because we think that housing is beginning to go in the direction that we've been preaching since November. Um, It's not certainly 2005, 2006. It may never get back there, but we do feel like it's moving in that direction. So, um, we do have a special guest today as well. We have Tom White. He's an appraiser. We're going to bring him in in just a moment. Um, he, we've worked with him a lot, especially when I worked in the Oak Ridge office. We have a lot of loan officers that really uh, like to go to Tom, and um, he's just a really good asset for us to be able to uh, you know, get information from, and he's been in the business for a long time. We're going to bring him in in just a moment, but I did want to finish one question that I don't feel like we spent enough time on finishing the show because time ran out so quick last week. Right. Um, and that was about the loan application. And, you know, it's not the, the, the 
most popular topic because people are yawning and you know our producer over here is yawning right now but here here's the deal you know some folks that are out there are worried because when they go and take application they are concerned about having what it takes to get approved they think to themselves i don't know if i even have what they need well we talked last week and here's the things that we know you're going to need and that is your w-2 your tax return your most current pay stub your last 30, possibly 60 days of bank records. We might also need other items like your 401k, your other financial records like your reserves and things of that nature. Now, when I said tax returns, some people probably winced and said, well, my goodness, I mean, my tax returns. Well, Mark, it's something that we've went to. It's what everybody has to have their tax returns. Well, Fannie Mae's requires all, all the tax returns, regardless if you're W-2 wage earner or self-employed. So it's just something that the government wants. We have to give it to them, and that's the rules. We have, we're stuck with it. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and that's just it, the way it is because there's all kinds of things that, that Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, our ultimate investor that's going to purchase this loan, they're looking for different things. Maybe you are self-employed and, and you didn't even realize it. <laughs> that probably we, would we have some of those. <laughs> well, I mean, for instance, some people are like, you know, some people are doing Mary Kay and they don't realize that that's a different way of documenting your income and that's self-employed. They said on the application that they're not not self-employed, but they really are. So we're just trying to turn over every stone we can. They may have a side business that they don't really think it's self-employment, but it really is. So we're just trying to peel back that onion, if you will, make sure that we have all of our ducks in a row so that you have all your ducks in a row. But you know, the key thing to, and, and Mark, you can attest to this, is if you want to know what to bring to you know, an application or to your lender. The best way to do that is to contact one of our offices and talk to one of our trusted advisors. We have to interview you. And the, the proper way to interview is we have to figure out exactly everything about your financial picture. And sometimes that are tough questions we have to ask. And we together, we work together to disclose and figure out what the documentation's required. You know, it's amazing. As soon as I said that we had Tom White on here with the appraisal, I already got three questions in the inbox. So I know they're going to be interested to talk to Tom. When um, matter of fact, uh, why don't we do that right now? And, and by the way, if you have any more questions about application, why don't you email those to me, kevin at kevinray.com. Would love to answer those for you. And as you go through, you know, your day, I will be happy to answer any questions throughout the week. You can you always know how to contact me and that's Ray, like Ray County, R-H-E-A. Now, with that being said, Tom White, thank you for joining us, Tom. Hello, guys. You speak right into that big microphone right there. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. I know it's hard and we really appreciate it because one of the things, Tom, that we designed this show for is for lenders, for realtors, and for the common homeowner. So, you know, let me just real quick reset for you so that we can have the questions um, that are going to be pertinent. Um, you know how it all happened back whenever the housing was booming. People were really just buying homes. Flings were turning over. Homes were appreciating, and it continued to be great. Then what happened, obviously, is we had Andrew Cuomo up in New York started to the, you know yes the, look yeah, around. Yeah, and then the then what happened is we had to change appraisals. Talk <clears throat> through what you saw happen and and why you know you th think that things you know need to be changed, don't need to be changed. What's your feeling about what's happened? Well, you know, I've been doing this 25 years. I got in this business in 1986. And back then, you know, if you hung your shingle out and said, I'm an appraiser, well, you you were an appraiser. There was, there was no government intervention uh, or regulation. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of industries were like that, but slowly but surely the government steps in and says, hey, you know, we need to regulate these guys. So, when the SNL debacle happened in the late 80s, um, one of the offshoots of that was the um, regulation of appraisers. Uh, they had, had to blame somebody, so the appraisers were part of the blame. So in the early 90s, the Fed stepped in and said, hey, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up a, a licensing procedure for every state. And they did that. In the early 90s, um, a lot of us were licensed. Uh, and, and we had reoccurring refinance booms. You know, when I got in this business in 1985, 1986, uh, the average interest rate on a loan was probably 15%. Because we'd gone through the 70s and Volcker had, you know, put the squeeze on us and interest rates went to 20, 25%. 
and people were refinancing. So when the rates went from, in 1986, the rates went from about 15 to 10%. Refinance, boom. Yeah, and it was like, oh my gosh, what cheap money, 10%, holy cow. I mean, I remember walking the office one day, and we had 30 orders in one day, you know, and then the next day, another 20 came in, and I was like, oh, you know, well, that's pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah, that was great. Uh, but back then, I was only charging like $100 a pop, so, you know, um, it, it was it was very, very uh, interesting time. Um but getting back to the cycle, we, we have cycled, and we've gone through about four refinance cycles. Uh, you know, you had the, uh, the, had the 80s, then we had the early 90s, and then we had the late 90s, and then we had, after 2001, we had another round. And this whole time, the interest rates have gotten cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. In fact, there's some folks, I have done their house three times in the last year because people like, let's take one of your competitors, Quicken. You know they'll call up and say, "Hey, uh, you know, let's we'll refinance your house again, and we'll refinance your house again, and then again as the interest rates have gone down." You know, and people do that, which with is not which is not the smartest way. But go right. ahead, and, and to be a comp- law about it, and to be a competitor, you actually have to compete, which they don't with us. But go ahead, right? Okay, um, <laughs> well, that's a good one. But anyway, um, you know, people have refinanced over and over again. And right. they're trying to get that at low. They're trying to hit the bottom. And I just don't think there's going to be any more fall to the interest rates than what there has been. And I, I think that the way you framed that was excellent because the bottom line is, you know, rates have never been this low. And people, as you said, went through that refinance cycle. It's been several cycles. And, you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, when people, there's a ton of inventory out there on the, the shelf. So once we start to see some of that inventory go down, well, guess what? You're going to have a whole new slew of people that are going to be needing loans. They're going to be needing appraisals. Then those folks who have sold, those people that are buying, they're going to need. So, I mean, it, it's that's one thing I love about this industry is that it's it's just a, a cycle. You're right. going to get new business. Let's talk about inventories. Um, you know, some of the interesting questions I get uh, are, wow, what's happening in the market? You know, what's happened to my house? Uh, how much have homes depreciated over the last, you know, three years? Um, you know, how much inventory is on the market? You know, what's what's happening in the prices? Um, you know, I, I do, I mean, like I said, I've been in this 25 years. I do hundreds of appraisals a year. And, you know, it's not uncommon to get these questions when you go into folks' homes. Um, it was interesting that a lady came on uh, a TV show last week uh, she was a realtor in Orlando, and she was talking about the inventory levels in Orlando. And she said, if you just pulled up the basic, you know, uh, documents uh, between, let's say, a home between 200000 to 400000 price points, and you said, oh, there's, uh, let's, let's say there, there's 300 on the market. She said 150 of those homes might be... Um, you know, trashy homes that have been foreclosed on. And then another segment of that market might be another segment that, you know, those homes are in really, really top shape. And, and so that's, you know, those homes are getting premium price. They're, they're, people are coming out and paying even above asking price for those homes because people want a home they can walk into and live in immediately. Well, let's not end that segment. I want to continue. So don't lose that train of thought because I, when we get back from Mark, I'd like to talk about that and see what it is that we can do from just a lender, appraiser, whatever perspective to help educate the homeowner better about what inventory levels are because some people think, well, there's just this enormous inventory. Well, that may be true in some markets, but then you also have to look at the quality of the inventory. That's correct. And and, and I think I spoke about on this uh, recently somewhere, um, and it is important to realize that because, you know, we have a ton of homes on the market, but you know, everybody doesn't want to go in and a fixer-upper, That's right. fix it up, you know, and then you know, flip it. You know, we're not flipping homes or fix or flip it or whatever you want to call and it. And you should speak to the foreclosure aspect of Yeah, we want to talk yeah. about that. Like we got to talk about the yeah. shadow, in, uh, the shadow uh, inventory and then some other aspects okay. when we get back. Uh, and, and that's fine. And we'll shadow box some, some as well. But we want to talk uh, what your questions are. I've got four questions now for Tom. And Tom's going to love these questions. I think he'll like them. Um, but I want you guys to be involved. And, and you can do that by going to Facebook, Twitter. I've told you those handles. And you can also just uh, email me at Kevin at KevinRay.com. We'll be right back. The show is sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group, and we'll be right back after these messages. 
Fox News Radio 100.3 WNOX. When it's time to buy a home or take advantage of terrific refinancing options, put your trust in Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender for over 20 years. With 15 locations in the state of Tennessee, Mortgage Investor Group offers a diversified line of products that takes a caring approach to the lending process that ensures each loan fits your individual needs. For more information, call toll-free 800-489-8910 or visit MIGonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution serving Tennessee for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 10911. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to being your home loan solution. It's just that simple. With over 22 years of experience in the home financing business and over 60,000 clients, MIG is Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender. Whether you're looking to upgrade your current home, purchase your first home, or need to simply refinance to a lower rate, now is the time to move. There has never been a better time to buy a home than there is today. Record low rates, great selection of homes for sale, and sellers ready to sell. This environment will not last forever. Mortgage Investors Group has money to lend, experienced loan officers to guide you, and a singular focus of helping you. Contact us and we will help you realize your American dream today. MIGonline.com or 865-691-8910. Equal housing lender, Tennessee license number 109111. Mortgage Investors Group. Looking for a hard-to-find item or wondering where to go to sell something you no longer need? Say hello to an idea whose time has come. Come wheeling and dealing with Eddie Beacon. 100.3 WNOX has set aside an hour each Sunday to connect sellers and buyers. Everything that's legal is fair game. Vehicles, furniture, appliances, tools, sporting goods, apparel, collectibles, jewelry, real estate. Sundays at 11 only on 100.3 WNOX. Sponsored by Topside Spirits and Wine, Pellissippi Parkway, Exit 9. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. to the housing hours this is Kevin Ray and before we move on I got to tell you about a company that I believe very strongly in and that is Admiral Title. Admiral Title is a company here locally. Phyllis Burnett and Terry Adams started this company about 7 years ago and what they do is they take you from beginning to end in the closing process of a home loan. So if you are a lender out there or a realtor and you would like a company that's going to be trustworthy, they're going to be on top of all of your clients' needs, then they are the people to call. You know, when I was uh, actively originating, I knew if I sent my order over there that they were just going to take care of it. You weren't going to hear from them about problems or issues because they were going to be on the ball. They were going to coordinate it. And if the client needed to hear from them, they would call them and coordinate directly through them. So I have found over the years that there are sometimes companies that are better than others. And don't get me wrong, there's some good ones out there, but Admiral is the best. I can guarantee that. So also, if you're a consumer and you are out there buying property, maybe you're paying cash for it, don't need a loan, you can go directly to them. They'll take care of you, even if you're paying cash. The phone number for Admiral Title is 865-531-6060. Give them a call today. So back to uh, Tom White, appraiser. Thanks again for coming in, Tom. No problem. Appreciate that. And we were just commenting uh, during the break of how Tom has such a great radio voice. Did you Have you done this before? 
First time on the radio. All right. Well, we definitely get you back. We'd like to also um, hear your uh, Barry White impression. I think you said you had earlier as well. <laughs> but seriously, anyway, I don't know. If, I don't know if you'd want to hear that. Right. Okay. Um, but we we have uh, you know a couple of things that we'd like to to unpack here for you, you guys out there. I know that you've refinanced. People are driving in their car, and you know some people you know, are upset at appraisers, you know, and even some lenders out there are upset at appraisers. And I know it's not their fault. Always blame it on yeah, the appraiser. Yeah, The appraiser is always the good person to, as the fallback villain, you know, but the fact is though, that he's following his guidelines. So, so Tom, let me ask you this question. Um, it kind of has to do with the inventory. It kind of has to do with what people perceive to be the fault of the appraiser. But, but the, I know it's been frustrating for you as you've come into this new environment, you know, you, you have to now depend on the rotation to get your business. Can you just kind of talk about just the whole, the whole aspect of the new way of doing business and, and whatever else you'd like to talk about? Cause okay. I feel like you can, you well, can hit a home run with that. Yeah. Well, you know, for the first 22, 23 years I was in this business, it was who you knew and what relationships you established with the bank executives or the mortgage lenders or the you know lawyers whoever ordered appraisers appraisals um today you have to basically get on a list um you might still be friendly with a broker a loan broker but they might work for mortgage investors group and so you have to go to mortgage investors group and and be an approved appraiser once you're approved appraiser then you get put on a rotation and that rotation is per county and so you might be approved through five or six different counties. And instead of the broker who might be, let's pick uh, Norma Sheldon from the Oak Ridge office, calling you up and saying, hey, I got an appraisal at so-and-so's house and I'm gonna fax it over to you. I need it in three days, it's a rush. You know, and that, that was her spiel. You know, everything was a rush with Norma. Absolutely. <laughs> Still <laughs> so, is. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you know, and, and she'd call you and say, hey, you know, here, here's, here, here's the order. Um, today, um, it comes uh, through email, and it's on a rotation, and the loan officer would actually uh, call or do the inner office order, and then it gets put on a computer, and the computer actually orders the appraisal based upon who got the last appraisal. Um, I think there's some severe problems with that. Um, I won't go into those right now, but please you know, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, let, let's just say that um, I personally don't think it's fair, but it's where we've come to live with it simply because we go back to the 2008 um, crisis where um, uh, Cuomo from New York sued Washington Mutual. Um, and uh, a lot of the um, attorney generals from the different states jumped on board. They, bra they, they said that there was broker appraiser collusion on valuations. And basically what he did is he took a sledgehammer to a problem that needed a fly swatter. And um, <clears throat> they, they have turned our industry upside down. Well, that's a great way of putting it, actually. And so let's let's kind of recap what you just said, because I think it's important for people to understand. The loan officer, when you're refinancing, you know, when you call them and you do a loan and you set up your application and you say, hey, my house is worth 250000 Well, it used to be that the loan officer could then take your information, do some due diligence on what they thought the value was, and then they could then call the appraiser and say, look, Here's the deal. I need for this to appraise for 250. Obviously, the appra the appraiser would not just go out there and say, "Okay, I'll just get you 250." But the loan officer might also say, "You know, could you just kind of take a look at it? 250 is where we need to be." The loan officer is not insinuating in that conversation that he wants him to lie. He's saying, "Look, let's work this out. Can you think you can get it?" Then the appraiser could then maybe do some comps because they had that relationship, and then they could call him back and say, "You know what? I don't think this is going to work, or this might work." or let me just do the full order, but there's no ability to communicate anymore with a loan officer. There is no ability to communicate. Um, you know, that law was put into effect, I think the law t went into effect in May of 2009. And actually that law sunshined in fall of 2010. Right. And Frank Dodd, the uh, wonderful legislation pushed by our wonderful President Obama um, went into effect uh, in the fall of 2010 and actually um, superseded the uh, previous law. Um, so 
there's just a lot of, of regulation out there between the appraiser and the broker um, trying to keep them separate, trying to keep any type of collusion or possible um, valuation rigging away from the appraisal process. And, okay. and you know, you can, you can legislate and you can uh, pass laws all you want, but if someone wants to commit fraud, they're going to commit fraud. Right. You know, right, and well, and ninety nine percent of the appraisers out there were not doing this. You know, now were there some? I'm sure there were. Where are those two percent? So I can mark those off the list. I think they're in California and Las Vegas, <laughs> okay. Phoenix. That's right. Well, uh, in Florida. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to some more uh, important topics. Not that that one's not important, but um, if you're out there listening, maybe you want to have a question answered, you can email that to Kevin at KevinRay.com. That's Ray like Ray County. Um, but the question that came in was about just kind of, and let's talk about just a question that the public has. It's a question about they are currently refinancing and this is going to what we just have talked about. They can't get the value. So mm-hmm. they're being declined basically, but they feel, and it's a long email, I'll kind of summarize it. They think that their house is worth more than what the appraiser says it's worth. Okay. So, but here's what they said. They said that one of the rooms in the home, they were not counting as a bedroom. And I, you know, I can't really, I'm sure there's some other reasoning behind it, but, but just talk about how okay. they look at bedrooms because people want to know. I mean, this is a big topic. Well, yeah, this is a bedroom. No, it's not a bedroom. Let's, let's talk about the difference. That, that also gets into the difference between the way a realtor looks at your house and the way appraiser looks at your house. Okay. Okay. A realtor walk into, let's just take a basement rancher that's in Sequoia Hills. All right, and this is this is live, so just okay. make sure you know right, what no. you, before you say right. what you say. <laughs> the basement rancher in Sequoia Hills, and the basement rancher is sixteen hundred square feet on the main floor. Okay, and then downstairs you got eight hundred square feet finished and an eight hundred square foot built in garage. Okay, sounds like a nice house. Yeah, it's a nice house over there. It's probably about five hundred thousand home, but um, you know, let's say you have three bedrooms on the main floor and one bedroom and a bath in the basement. Now, a realtor below grade, below grade, below grade. Now, a realtor will list that home as uh, the three thousand or yeah, twenty four, twenty five hundred square feet of finished area, twenty six hundred, I guess is what I was adding up, and, and and four bedrooms, three baths. Well, an appraiser come by and looks at it, and he goes, "Well, you got a three bedroom, two bath house with a one bedroom, one bath finished basement." And so, what we do as an appraiser, you know, getting into the bedroom count bedrooms count if they're above grade and that above grade is defined as anything above the grade of the earth so if if you have a wall that is underground even by a foot it is considered a basement and that's just industry standard and you're when you say industry <clears throat> standard you mean mortgage lending standards yes more fannie mae mortgage lending standard okay and there's other, two other things have to that's happen. That's not for your a standard. That's not my standard. That's mortgage that's lending. That's mortgage standard. lending standard. And one, or two other things happen to happen to be a bedroom. You have to have a actual closet, not not a freestanding uh, uh, armoire or something you're putting clothes in. You have to have a built-in closet, and you have to have a window that is sufficient to climb in and out of. Okay. So and I think that's actually two, what the issue was, was yeah, their window. You have to have two ingress, egress points, and you have to have a closet to be considered. That is the window have to be big enough for like a 200 pound person, or does it matter? Well, because I'm serious. Because it sounds well, like in his email, the window was just not quite big enough. The well, the said. standard is depending on what floor it's on. Okay. Okay. Um, if it's if it's uh, on the second floor, it actually has to be larger than if it's on the third first floor, simply because the fire code says that someone that gets in the window has to the fireman has to be able to get in the window with a um, oxygen tank on. Oh, okay. So the I think the actual dimensions are twenty two inches by twenty two inches for a second floor, and it's twenty inches by twenty inches on the first floor. Okay. I'm not. Totally positive, but that's that's really act, close. Yeah. That's really close. Let me let me ask you a question. Uh, now, going back to this <clears throat> scenario, the uh-huh. the customer comes to us. We take the loan application. We work backwards. We kind of figure out where his loan amount is. Then we kind of figure out exactly what the value has to come in at in order for this transaction right. to work right. to benefit him. Now, I can't share that information with you. No. So, so what happens when you go out there, um, your valuation, I can't give you that information, that target number. But sometimes the homeowners do. Okay. So but now is, is that target, legal. is that Which, target number important to you or not important to you? No, you know, it's kind of like a lot of other information you get, you, you know, you get a lot of information when you're doing an appraisal. 
Um, some are more important than others. Um, but it's just information. I mean, you can't let that override your um, thought pattern and, and the way you go out and execute the appraisal. Because the appraisal is based upon historical fact. It, it's not something that looks to the future. You may think it looks to the future, but it's actually based upon historical fact. Okay. Well, that, that question was from Jan and Seymour. And so, Jan, you... You just need to get a better appraiser, Jan. (laughs) (laughs) You may just call one of us, see if we might be able to guide you. Because you know what? We don't know what type of loan you were doing. We don't know what loan to value you needed. There might be other loan programs. So it may have been like a Quicken Loan loan officer or something that didn't know what he was doing. But anyway, there's another question. Let's just... Let's beat these out because I think we've we've got five more. We got five total, so I want to make sure I get these answered. And we've only got about four minutes left in this segment, and we'll continue on after the break with uh, Tom. But this question is about foreclosures, and I can't tell if this person is a realtor or not, but it doesn't matter. Um, Sam from Oak Ridge is the is the question uh, who is the question is from, and and basically what he wants to know is, you know, when you're looking at an appraisal um, or an you know a home when you have homes that are foreclosed um and i know the answer you, you, you can't comps? use Is you can't use it right you can't use a foreclosure well you stuff. actually you can oh <laughs> so yeah. that Kevin's going thing. darn um it depends on what market you're in if i'm appraising the cabin market in Sevier county i'm most definitely probably going to use some foreclosure homes because that's the market the the question uh, it just comes depends back, on if it's the market right the okay. question comes back to is it the market Okay, not whether you have a lone wolf out there in the subdivision that somebody didn't right. pay their mortgage and they let go bad and the house sells for fifty thousand less than what it really should. But like Briarcliff and Oak Ridge is not a foreclosure market. No, it's not. And, but so and if most you have markets a in, foreclosure in Briarcliff, I wouldn't. You're use not going to use it. No. Okay. I mean that that is a that's a simple uh, simple answer. You know, Sam, um, it's a simple answer. Sorry. Sam, it's <laughs> a simple answer. Um, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, what we get as appraisers is post-appraisal analysis. I just love that. When the lender (laughs) comes back to you and says, why didn't you use this house, this house, and this house that are in the neighborhood? You know, and and you might be appraising a two-story house with a full basement, and and they're giving you comps for a, a a basement rancher that was foreclosed on. Why didn't you use that comp? Right. You, that's so you that's go a back. good point. I think that that's something that we should tackle in the next segment because, you know, they have to be comps. They can't be other houses. I mean, so we'll talk about what the comp and, differences are. And the are. thing is, th- these homes, they have to be um, they have to be exposed to the market. They have to be paid for cash or cash equivalency. They have to have no coercion involved, and they have to be between two disinterested parties or two parties that, you know, are fighting each other for the price. You know, if, that's what qualifies it as a comp, right? You know, you know, every sale is not a comp, so it does not meet market value standards, and that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a sale that meets market value standards. And if it's a foreclosed home, it might not meet market value standards for that market. Okay. Well, these are important topics, and we got another question here, and we'll also tackle what it means to be a comp here in a moment. But the next question is, and you know, back when they changed the VC sheets on FHA, yeah. do you do FHA? Yes, I do. As well, um, you know, the, we may not be able to fully get this question out there, but they had a question. They evidently had purchased a home last year on an FHA. And of course, there's no VC sheets anymore. And what that means for you all who don't know is that an appraiser will go out. They'll take a look at the house on a purchase of an FHA home that they're going through the loan as FHA. And it used to be that they used to give some things that needed to be completed before that home could actually close because it didn't meet FHA guidelines. They changed that a little bit and now they pretty much say here's the here's the information about the house and then the underwriter basically then can determine what right. is and what they, is not they've gone from nitpicky to whether there's a they used to make you fix a scrape in the linoleum you know if there was a rip in the vinyl in the kitchen you had to fix it now it's all about safety okay. if there's safety issues with the house that's a problem with fha other than that they, this is pretty much like a standard appraisal. Okay, well, this person says that you did the appraisal on the... No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, what, what, um, how much time do we have left, Shine? 
Okay, we're going to wrap it. We'll answer this on the back end of this next uh, segment. Um, it's a really good question. Man, this is exciting. I actually enjoy this very much because I know everybody's concerned about appraisals and they want to refinance, they want to purchase, they want to do these things, but they don't quite understand everything. So we'll be right back in just a moment. This is the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray. Thank you. We'll be right back. WNOX News Talk 100.3. Find us on Facebook. When choosing a company to handle your home financing, you want a great rate and someone you can trust. Tennesseans turn to Mortgage Investors Group. Named Tennessee's number one THDA lender, eight years running. Homegrown right here in the Volunteer State and with 15 Tennessee locations, Mortgage Investors Group takes a caring approach to the lending process, finding a program specific to your needs. For more information, call toll-free 800-489-8910 or visit MIGonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution serving Tennessee for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109 Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender. With the real estate market the way it's been lately, you need a thorough professional to guide you through the title insurance process. And that professional is Crown Title in Franklin Square. Did you know that lender's title insurance only protects the lender? Owner's title insurance from Crown Title protects you and your investments. Crown Title is a second generation locally owned company with over 50 years of combined experience. Crown Title offers a wide array of title insurance products and escrow services, all at competitive prices. Crown Title has been serving all of Knoxville and the surrounding area with a highly trained and dedicated staff well-versed in the real estate market. Whether it's a new purchase or refinance, FHA or VA, escrow services or cash transaction, let Crown Title provide security and peace of mind for the biggest investment you'll make. If you're a buyer, seller, agent, or lender, Crown Title should be your choice. Our digital closing docs with Forever Marketing keeps you in front of your clients for as long as they own their home and notifies you when they're returning to the market. Call Crown Title now to find out more at 539-4910. That's 539-4910 or stop by our office and the shops at Franklin Square. We're online too at crowntitlenox.com. East Tennessee's home for Fox News Radio, 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Back to the housing hour. We're taking your broken wings and, and mending them here with Tom White and Mark Griffith, my guest host, actually my host. And we are taking your email questions. You're also going to be able to locate us on Facebook as well. Um, Facebook.com slash housing hour. First, I wanted to also tell you about a company I also believe strongly in, and that's Capital Financial Group. Um, the folks at Capital Financial Group will take care of all of your financial needs. They do a great job. They'll basically look at what you have. They'll help you to determine what it is that you're investing, if you're investing it wisely, they're just going to help you to design a plan that is right for you. And it's a little bit interesting how they do things because they'll take you in, they'll interview you, determine what all that you have. Then they might modify, they might, they might add, they might, they might delete something, but they're going to counsel you to help you to meet your financial goals. And they're a one-stop shop. They have everything under one roof. They even do hazard insurance. So they do estate planning, they do tax planning, they do financial planning, everything that you could possibly imagine. As a matter of fact, we're doing a seminar with them tomorrow on reverse mortgages. They're having us down to talk a little bit about reverse mortgages. Sam Hawkins, who we've had on the show, um, we're going to go down there and educate them about that. So they're always willing to learn. They know the market and they know what they're doing. And the other nice thing is they're nice people. Uh, they're right down below us. We know them well. We, you know, we talk all the time. Bobby and his team do a great job. So if you'd like to talk to them, you can call them at 865 246 that's Capital Financial Group. Back here with Tom White. Um, first of all, let me tell you how you can get a hold of Tom White. And I still memorize this from when I was sending loans over sending appraisal orders. His phone number is 865-220-0200. And you know how I know that? When did you know. get that number, by the way? A long time ago. But I swear that used to be my phone number. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. When I That's was a young. scary thought. But anyway, yeah, exactly. You know, telling what type of calls that you got from realtors and so forth. But I anyway. was wondering who that 
strange woman that kept calling. <laughs> oh, oh no, he's kidding, everybody. No, um, but anyway, first of all, let me um, let me do this. Let me give him your phone number, which I just did, uh, and also, you know, I can just give you a you know a personal testimony that Tom's a great appraiser. So if you're out there and you just like to get you know a, a, a reading on what your value is, and maybe you're looking to sell, maybe you're maybe you're considering uh, you know just kind of getting your your ducks in a row, and you just need somebody to tell you what you, they feel your house is worth. Tom would be a great source for that. Is there anything else you'd like to say to well, promote yourself? Shamelessly, uh, you know, I, I, yes, shamelessly. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, I've been doing it 25 years. I do both commercial and residential work. There's nothing in the state that I can't do. I'm a, a general, generally certified appraiser, which is the highest. Generally, yeah, general certified okay. appraiser okay. Uh, for the, from the state of Tennessee. So, um, you know, even if you have commercial property you need looked at, I can I can do that as well. And I I do. Uh, personal appraisals a lot of some appraisers won't do them but yeah. you know um, i enjoy helping out folks uh, there's a lot of need for that so i will do uh, well i'm glad you do that considering i just said that you would <laughs> okay well let's uh let's tackle this question real quick about the fha what he said is is that the the lender told him that they needed to scrape and paint the um the lead based paint off of his property um and then the lender came back of course somebody came back and gave them a final approval but what he said is even after that was required he still found a huge part of this shed that still has lead based paint on it now for those out there that un don't understand what I'm talking about. Anything that was built after 1970, I mean before 1978, they are required to scrape and paint if it's chipping any lead-based paint. So talk a little bit about that. And I mean, obviously, I'm not sure what the question is. Maybe he's just upset about it. But talk a little bit about that in general. Well, you know, just getting back to the safety issues, that's what FHA really has honed in on. Um, not so much the cosmetic stuff that they were really, you know, uh, focusing on before um, lead-based paint is is a um, is a problem and if it's exposed and we can ascertain whether or not it's lead-based paint and it's chipping then we will require it to be repaired uh, removed and 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 remediated okay well and, you, know, you know kevin i yeah. would add also that it, if they <clears throat> scrape it off the side and it falls to the ground it has to be removed from the soil too. yeah it has yeah it, yeah i mean it has to be removed from the site so what do you do when you go do you do final inspections on those yes. usually yes. okay so if you did the appraisal then you then know that you'll be going back to that yeah property. it's very rare that you don't do your own final I have right. done some finals on other appraisers' appraisals, but usually it's in a case where they're on vacation or something, and and they have to have it, you know, that right. day or that week, and they'll call you up and say, "Hey, you mind doing it?" And I'll, I don't have a problem doing it. Okay, so next question that we have, and that was a question that I thought that was very good because some people don't understand that when you buy a home, they're going to look at, if you go FHA, they're also on a conventional. They're going to look at safety issues on conventional too, which we'll get to that in a second. But the next question is, and this is a nice uh, question that this person's asking, and this is from uh, Violet in Knoxville. What she's asking is, what could she do as a homeowner? She wants to refinance. And what could she do to help? And this, you could also say this for purchases too, but what could the public do? What could she do, I guess, in this situation to help the appraiser? And I don't know if that means to have coffee for you, lemonade, or what. But what was what do you No, got? you know, usually uh, you drink water between uh, um, appointments. But, uh, you know, when I come into a house, if it's an FHA or even a conventional, you know, the homeowner needs to know that I'm going to be looking in every room. I mean, be, I'm going to be looking in closets. You know, turn the lights on for the appraiser. The biggest problem I have when I go into people's homes is you wouldn't be amazed. People live in the dark. I mean, they really yeah. do. They just do not use lights in their homes. They get used to the environment, and they turn the lights off, and they close the drapes. Right. And so, you know, one thing you can do as a homeowner is you can um, know where your access to your attic is, know where your access to your crawl space is if you have a crawl space, you know, if you want to go as far as to look up uh, sales in your neighborhood 
or ask your local realtor for some sales and maybe some listings in your neighborhood. Um, you know, generalize. You don't have access to that information. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. I'm we, joking. We do, but um, you know, it never hurts to hand it to the appraiser, so you know that this appraiser has that information, and you're permitted to take and that. And I'm from permitted them. to take that information. Now I have to verify that information independently from the homeowner. But you know, it's great to to have a homeowner, and and it, it also sends a, a subtle message to the appraiser. This homeowner's telling that, that appraiser, "Hey, you know." I'm knowledgeable in this field. You know, right, you need right. to be on your toes. And, um, you know, so it's a, it's a good thing for a homeowner to be proactive when an appraiser comes into their home. What about a paint job or something? A lot of folks said, don't send the appraiser out because I got to paint this place. Yeah. Well, what you know, you, cosmetic stuff. Yeah, you can get into some of that, but really it has to be a measurable thing. You know, if I go into a home and there's some punch list items that, that I would, you know, maybe frown upon, I'm not, you know, if I add all of them up and they come to, a thousand bucks or something. I mean, I'm not even going to waste my time with them. You know, I'm looking at major things that need to be done. Um, you know, now if, if when you go into a house, you're, here's what appraisers look for when they go in a home. Obviously they're looking for the location of the home. They're looking to measure the home. They're going to take photos inside and out of the home. They are, they're going to look in every aspect of the home inside the home. They're going to look in every bedroom, every living room, kitchen, closet space, everything. So they're going to go into that home and inspect that home. They're going to measure it. They're going to take photos, everything. So, you know, have your lights on, have, you know, your people that, you know, maybe somebody's asleep, get them up, get them out, you know. So there's just some common sense things that you can do as a homeowner that helps the appraiser, you know, get in and out of that home uh, in a reasonable period of time. What are some of the major things you think you, a seller could do to actually increase the value of their home? Before you come out? Well, um, you know, the, it's kind of like studying for a test. You know, I mean, it's too late by then, really. You know, I mean, when you go to fix up a house, um, you need to stay consistent in your quality throughout your home. In other words, if you live in an $80,000 home and you put in uh, casement pillow windows into your home as replacement windows and that costs you $15,000, that's probably not a very good decision. You know, put in some vinyl replacement windows that cost $100 a window. You know, if you live in a million dollar house and you decide to put vinyl flooring in your family room, that's probably not a good decision. You know, so you have to stay consistent with the things that you do. If you're fixing a home up, you know, if you go in and you're bought an older home and you're fixing it up, look at your neighborhood, see what the standard in your neighborhood is for your landscaping and, and for your home improvements, you know? So you have to look at all that stuff and stay consistent inside your house and outside your house when you start doing improvements. This is a um, good question because there's a home that's over off of Orchard Lane in Oak Ridge. I don't know if you know yeah, which one I'm talking I know. about. It's, it's, it's a beautiful home. Yeah, doctor um, owns it. Yeah, okay, but I won't say any names or anything like that, but um, that's an example, I think, of a home that, hey, this guy just wanted to live in that neighborhood, but he, he's not going to be able to get the value that that house is truly worth from a mortgage lender's perspective, right? It's it's a, it's your classic over-improvement. Right. You know, I mean, it's, you know, in anywhere else, it's a $800,000 home. You know, he'd probably be lucky to get, you know, well, less, let's not, let's not, let's not say what he might or might right. not get, but I mean, but it's an example, I well, think. Well, let's just say what the, let's just say what the average home price in the neighborhood is. Mm -hmm. The average age of the home in that neighborhood is was built in 1944 to 1955. And the average value of a home in that neighborhood is probably 150000 130000 150 somewhere in that range. Right. So, you know, then he goes in, he buys two lots, and now the lots overlook the Cumberland Mountains, got a great view, and he puts in a 6,000-square-foot high-end home. You know, so... You know, and, and he knew this. I've talked to him about it. And, you know, I mean, he's a great guy. And he just wanted the convenience for the location because he works at the hospital. And he knows that, you know, when he goes to sell it, he's probably not going to get what he'd get if it was located somewhere else. Right. And that's my point because people that go into a neighborhood, they have a situation where they have a home that they're thinking about building or let's say even they're thinking about fixing up. I think just being conscious of the other houses in the neighborhood, just like you just said, because you don't want to over invest in a home that may not bear the value you need later. So, and if you're okay with that and you understand that, then that's totally up to you. Because 
I think that's just an important thing to remember when you are fixing up. Now, let me ask you this, because we only have about unbelievably five minutes left in our segment, or in our show, actually. Um, and I want to hit this question because I think Mark started it, and this kind of goes into another person's question, Carolyn's question. But um, she's thinking about fixing up her kitchen. Right. Um, now, fixing up her kitchen, she also says, would it be smarter, because she has so much money to use, to, to redo her master bathroom? Which, and you know, maybe this is not for an appraisal's perspective, maybe this is more of a realtor question, but from your perspective, which might be better dollar spent where? I would say kitchen. Um, you know, people ask me all the time, what's the best improvement I can make in my house? And I, and I always answer, the best improvement you can make your house is an improvement that is used every day in the home. So those things are kitchens and baths and flooring, heat and air windows, you know, siding, roof. Um, those kinds of things um, are important. Um, you know, typically someone buys a home from outside in. They walk up, they like the look of the home from the street, they're looking for a reason to buy it and they walk in the door. So if they walk in the door and they got a new kitchen with granite countertops and an island and, you know, a, a really nice appeal, and then they walk in, the master bath's been redone with, with um, you know, standard of today, then, you know, that is going to be much better than if they walk in and they like the outside and they walk in and they see a 1975 kitchen and a 1975 bathroom. But they have brand new windows. But they and have brand, brand new, new heating. And, yeah, yeah, I got you. You know, so... Well, what about uh, somebody that's going through that process? They know they're mm -hmm. going to list their home. Instead, you know, not hiring a professional appraiser right. to come in to tell them which one's the best one to do. How do they go about making the decision what to do first? Um, you know, my, qu I mean, you know, I think that's a personal decision. Um, but I would do the kitchen first because the kitchen is the most viewed room in a home when it comes to the buying decision. I mean, I know my wife, you know, we got our house on the market. We're looking around. The first thing she does, she gets on that website and she goes through, I want to see what the kitchen looks like, you know? I mean, and, and then, right. no, you know, right. and, and so, you know, the woman makes the buying decision and home purchases probably 90% of the time. And, you know, they're looking for location. They're looking for, you know, they're looking for, you know, what the kitchen looks like, what what the bathroom looks like, you know. They're, they're doing all that. And actually, they do other things, too. I mean, they'll actually pull up a websites that show if there's uh, sex offenders in, in the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. You well, know? no, that's, that's those that's are good, good things. One. That should be on the top of everybody's list. Um, well, we're rolling down to the end of the show. And, um, Tom, I, I'd like to have you on again, obviously, throughout the year, because I think that you add some value to uh, what it is that we're doing and adding value to what this show is all about. It is the housing hour, and this is all things housing, and this couldn't have been more important to that. So, Tom, I want to, on behalf of Mark, I want to thank you for coming on today. Hey, um, I appreciate it. Yeah, it we'll see really you out fun. there on the links. Tom's a scratch golfer out there. He's got his Oak Ridge uh, I, Country Club. I scratch around. You yeah, know. that's right. Well, thank you guys for joining us on the Housing Hour here on WNOX 100.3. Um, and join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the housing hour, facebook.com slash housing hour. You can also find me on Twitter, Kevin Ray, at Kevin Ray. That's R-H-E-A. It's been a great hour. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. And God bless. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.